amazing and awesome God. Yes, he is. He is amazing. And because he is amazing, he is worthy of all of our worship. He is worthy of all of our praise. Good morning, Team Hopewell and friends, and welcome to Hope at Home, Hopewell, everywhere the Hopewell experience. We thank you so much for inviting us into your homes, inviting us into wherever you are right now as you are watching. We thank and praise God for you because you could be watching another stream, but we're so glad that God has ordered your steps for you to be right here with us for Hope at Home, the Hopewell experience, Hopewell everywhere. If you have not already, go ahead and share this. Go ahead and tag people in this so that they can be blessed by the word of God. If there, if your mother is on Facebook, if you have a mother figure, a godmama, your titi, whoever, whoever it is that has made an impact in your life, go ahead and share this with them as well for they're going to be blessed by the word of the Lord today. Happy Mother's Day to all the other mothers out there. We thank God for you because if it wasn't for you, we would not be here. Amen. So again, happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers, all the godmamas, all the mother figures. We thank God for you. A special Mother's Day to my own mother. Amen. Thelma Bibb swims. I thank God for her. Talk to her this morning. And what a blessing it was to be able to call my mother today and to tell her I'm happy Mother's Day to be able to give her her flowers while she is here and can smell them. I thank God for my mom. She's been there for every every significant milestone in my life. She's my greatest supporter, one of my greatest pushers. Amen. If I put something on social media that's not right, I know I'm going to have a phone call later in a few minutes. Amen. To remind me to take that stuff down. I thank God for my mother. And certainly I cannot for take this moment and not appreciate my own queen, the one and only Sister Swims. Amen my lovely wife. Amen. She's an amazing mother. Um, to my girls, our lives are better because of you, so thank you so much, honey. I love you. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I hope you enjoyed your gifts. Uh, for me and the girls, we love you. We owe you the world. You do so much for us, and we want to take this moment not just to celebrate you today, but every day uh, for all the things that you do for us. Happy Mother's Day again to all the other mothers. Listen, let's journey to the Word of God. We're going to go to a few scriptures this morning. Um, as we look from as we look um, at the Bible from the subject of what it takes to be a mother, what it takes to be a mother. And so we want to be able to highlight some mothers in the Bible and learn some lessons from them. Um, not only learn some lessons, but to be able to encourage um, the mothers on today to let them know God sees you. God sees everything that you're going through, everything that you have done. Amen. And so this is be your extra push um, to make it through this moment. Even during this time, amen, it takes it takes some superhero moms now doing quarantine to have to be the teacher, the cook, the cleaner, everything else, the counselor, the PE teacher, amen, art teacher, all of that, all in one with no breaks. Can't call in for a substitute, amen. We're busy, amen. But you are doing everything on your own. So we definitely want to be able to support you um, through the word of God. Let's pray this morning as we get ready to go into the word. Father God, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you. We honor you, Lord God, because you are great and you are greatly to be praised. We thank God for this day nationally as we begin to celebrate mothers all over the world, Father God, for all that they do day in and day out. God, we thank you for even those, those mothers that you have called home to be with you, but they have left a lasting impact here on this earth. And we thank you for it, God, and we praise you and we magnify you and we glorify you. And it's in Jesus' name that 
we pray and we all said amen amen and amen what it takes to be a mother what it takes to be a mother when we look through the word of God there are so many amazing examples of women of women especially mothers specifically mothers that have stepped up to the plate and have demonstrated to us demonstrated to women demonstrated to the whole entire world what it takes to be a mother I know I know TV can make it seem um, so easy TV can make it seem so glamorous but real mothers know that being a mother is a tough job it's a hard job that somebody has to do and I'm so grateful and so honored that God that God favored you to be able to birth some generals into this world and so I want this to be a word of encouragement for you today an extra push for you as you make it during this time an extra encouragement to remind you and to let you know that you are amazing if nobody else has told you that not just because it's Mother's Day but because you need to hear it every day five times a day all the time of the day someone to let you know that you are absolutely amazing and you are doing it, especially those that may be single mothers you are doing the job I love what you're doing I appreciate you for what you are doing and you are doing a phenomenal awesome job you're raising you're raising some respectable children you're raising some amazing individuals that's going to leave a lasting impact on this world so again I hope and pray that this word will be a blessing to you a word of encouragement to you to push you along the way what does it take to be a mother what does it take to be a mother I believe that in order for um, for someone to be effectively a great mother successfully a great mother it takes some special ingredients you all know you all know I talk all the time about my famous sweet potatoes and the, the recipe that I got from my dad that I think literally over the past month I have gotten this down to a science I know exactly how much butter to put in, how much sugar to put in, how much nutmeg and vanilla flavor and all that good stuff to put in, how long to have it in the oven, praise the Lord, so that it can come out just being just right. Now, in order for me to be able to make the sweet potatoes the way that my daddy makes them, I have to use some certain ingredients that my father used to make sure that I get the results that I need. And I believe just the way it is to be able to make that perfect, uh, to make that ideal uh, um, dinner, to make that ideal um, dish is the same thing when it comes to being a mother. It takes some special ingredients in order to be an effective mother. It takes some special ingredients in order to be a successful mother. I know people say that you cannot learn. You can't learn how to be a great mother. You can't learn how to be a great parent. There, there are not enough books to be able to read, but I believe that there is one special book um, that has never, that has been on the top 10 for thousands of years that can be able to make a significant impact in what we do as mothers in order to be a great mother. Here it is. I believe the first thing that's needed in order for mothers to be effective and successful in motherhood and raising their sons and raising their daughters, I believe the first thing is this, laying a spiritual foundation. I believe this is number one top priority that every mother, every parent, every father I know, shameless bug, we're almost a month away, fellas. We're almost there, praise the Lord. We don't, we don't want to steal that thunder from the day, but just hindsight, we got a few weeks away, amen. Get your list ready, amen. Get your suits ready so we can step out clean on Father's Day. Praise the Lord. Here we go. It takes having, laying a spiritual foundation in order to be an effective mother, in order to be a successful mother. Some mother can be able to know that you would not have been able to 
raise your child thus far if it had not been for the help of the Lord. Somebody can be able to testify today whether you are doing it with the, with the parent, whether you're doing it on your own, you realize that you would not have been able to made it this far if it had not been for the help of God that has intervened, that has supernaturally provided, that has stepped in and given you the strength to do what you needed to do. And the reason that it is, is because you have laid a spiritual foundation in the life of your children. Journey with me to 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1, just a few verses there, verses 7, um, 7 and 9. I don't want to hold you too quick because I know you got some dinner arrangements, amen. Some dinner appointments, amen. You're going out to eat, amen. You might just drive up, amen. Pick up your meal to come back home, but you're going out to eat, amen, on today. So just want to look at you. 1 Samuel chapter 1, just two verses there, verses 7 and 9, just to give you a little background about what's going on here. This is a famous story about a woman by the name of Hannah who desires to have a child for her husband Elkanah but for whatever reason God does not allow her womb to be open to be able to have a child and due to the customs of that time because she was unable to give her husband a child that Elkanah had the permission to be able to go and have a wife that could be able to give her a child and this woman was the name but this woman name was Penina and the Bible says <clears throat> that Penina would taunt Hannah all the time, would mock her and make fun of her because she was unable to give her husband a child. She would bother her, even, and she would even get on her nerves and, and, and pick on her and bully her and bother her as they were on their temple, as they were on their way to the temple to be able to praise and magnify God. Doesn't it seem like every time you're getting ready to go to church, that's when the most disturbance will begin to happen? Doesn't, doesn't it seem like just as you're getting ready to make sure that you're on time to watch church online, everything wants to happen, all that it wants, everything needs your attention, all at the same time? This is what is happening with Hannah. I know we know Hannah because she's barren. I know we know Hannah because she prayed for a child, but I want to be able to highlight the spiritual foundation that Hannah begins to develop from that time, her first encounter with Penina, and as she's growing to develop a, an amazing spiritual foundation that she can be able to lay for her son by the name of Samuel. I want to be able to highlight the perseverance of Hannah because truth be told, there's some others right now, you have been persevering through a whole bunch of stuff. You may not have had another woman that's been mocking you, but you've had some things that's been going on in your life and you've had to push past everything that was going on because you realize that I'm not just living for myself, but somebody else is waiting on me to be able to live. Someone else is waiting on me to thrive. Someone else is waiting on me to make moves. Someone else is waiting on me to make decisions. And you realize that even though this pandemic has the whole entire world on pause, that being a mother does not mean that you are on pause. There are still decisions you need to make, still moves that you need to make, still things that you need to do, still have to make sure everything is in order in your household. Hannah shows us the power of perseverance, but not just the power of perseverance, because I love the fact that even as, you gotta read the story, even though as 
they're on their way to the temple to be able to worship, but Nina is mocking her and getting on her nerves and teasing her and making fun of her. Hannah still makes up in her mind, I'm still going to the temple to worship. I know you've had some things going on, but you made up in your mind that every Sunday I'm going to pull my chair up to my phone. I'm going to pull the covers off and I'm going to get my phone out and I'm showing up to Hope at Home, 10 o'clock on the dot every week, no matter what's going on in my life, no matter what's going on around me, no matter what's going on in me, I have to persevere and keep going. But what I love so much about Hannah is this. Look at verse 7. Verse 7 and 9. Verse 7 says, year after year was the same. Penina would, Penina would hunt Hannah, would, would, would taunt, taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not eat. Look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. Once after a sacrificial, a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at the customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. I want to highlight right there that, 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 that what it takes to be a mother is not not just perseverance, but it also takes a prayer life. Oh my okay. goodness. I wish, I wish okay. I had some help in there because I believe that if we were in the building right now, all of my church brothers would be backing me up right now. Their hands would go up because they would realize that even though they were cute, oh my gosh, they were chunky. Oh, they had their, your eyes when they came out the womb, but as soon as they start, as soon as they turn one years old, I mean, trouble just began to go on in their life. I mean, as they began to grow through adolescence, lessons to teenage and adult years, you never realize, you never realize the power of prayer until you had a child. Hannah teaches us here, not just the power of perseverance, but it teaches us the power of prayer. If you are going to be an effective mother, if you're going to be a successful mother, it's going to take you having a prayer life. I don't mean you may not know, you may not be able to go all the way through the Lord's prayer, but you know how to call on God. You may not be able to get to the church because the church is on lockdown right now, but you know how to turn any space in your life into a prayer room and begin to call on the name of the Lord. In fact, every child right now ought to text your mama and say, mama, thank you so much for praying for me. Thank you so much for pleading the blood over me. Thank you so much that when I was a child and I thought I was sweating in my sleep, I was not sweating. It was the, it was the oil that you put on my head while I was sleeping. Asking the Lord to protect me. Asking the Lord to watch over me. Asking the Lord to watch over me. Asking the Lord to order my steps. Thank God for a praying mother that has placed the floor at night, that walked the floor, that even when danger was coming and you had no idea it was coming, it was the power of a praying mother that interceded on your behalf and prayed that the blood of Jesus would cover you. Hannah teaches us. Not just the power of perseverance, uh, but she teaches us in order for you to be an effective mother, a successful mother, you have to have a prayer life. You gotta have a prayer life. You gotta know how to tap in. You gotta know how to be able to cut to, you have to know how to be able to connect to God. You have to know how to talk to God. You have to have a, a familiarity with God that you know how to get in God's face. You have to know how to pray heaven down. You know how to, you gotta know how to stop the gates of hell that would try to prevail against your kids and your family. Hannah shows us here the power of a praying 
Mother, she went, she mentioned, and just imagine for a second, you just sanctify imagination, but as she's going to the temple, as she's going to the temple, minding her own business, she wants to tell Penina to shut up. She wished she had something that she could be able to use against Penina, but there's nothing that she can be able to use against her. Can you imagine? The Bible says that as they're on their way to the temple, as they're on their way to the tabernacle, Penina is taunting her, and now Hannah has gotten to the place that she is moved to tears and she is crying. She is weeping. She's tired of this woman reminding her of her insufficiencies. She's tired of this morning of this woman reminding her that she's not a real woman because she can't give her husband a child. But she makes her way to the tabernacle. She makes her way to the temple. She perseveres through everything that life has brought her way. And she knows how to connect to God. I'm talking to a mother right now. You got some kids are in trouble and you have talked, you have talked, you have demonstrated, you have done a five-point presentation and they still don't get it. Let me suggest to you that maybe what you need to do is go in your prayer closet and begin to call their name out before God and say, God, you know their name by name. You formed them. You shaped them, Father God. And I put them back into your hands. That's what I love about Hannah's story. She told God, she said, God, if you give me a child, if you give me a male child, I'll make sure I give them back to you. And every mother has to get to a place that when your kids are beyond your control, that you put them back into the hands of God. You said, God, here they are. I don't, I don't know what to do with them, but you do. You made them. You shaped them. You, 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 you formed them, God. You know what they would be up until this moment. So I trust you with their purpose. I, I trust you with their destiny. And I let the devil know that I'm binding every generational habit. I'm binding every generational curse that what I may have gone through as a child. My children won't have to go through that no more. Spiritual foundation of what it takes to be able to be a mother. But let, let, let me also go on to say and suggest to you uh, uh, from 2 Timothy chapter 1, it talks about a young man by the name of Timothy. It talks about a young man by the name of Timothy who, who, who becomes the spiritual son okay. of the apostle Paul. Paul realized himself, and I love this. I love this because Paul was not trying to take all the, the credit for himself. People knew, people knew that this was this was Tim, but people knew that Tim uh, was Paul's son. They just do it. Oh my goodness, he's gonna be he's gonna be just like Apostle. He's gonna be just like Pastor Paul. He teached like him. He walked like him. He talked to, he talked like him. But but the Apostle Paul understood something that before he showed up on the scene, there were two women. <laughs> that have already been playing a significant role in his life. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. It says this. Paul says, I remember your genuine faith, for you shared the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Mm -hmm. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. Paul recognizes something. He recognizes, hold on now, I can't, I can't take all the credit for how Timothy has, uh, has come out. I can't take all the credit because Timothy had a father in the house. His father was not a believer, but he had a father in the house. He had an example in the house. He wasn't saved, but he had a father in the house. And Paul realized, I can't take all the credit because there were two women, Lois and Eunice, that had already laid a spiritual foundation in the life. 
of Timothy. What did they lay? Paul recognized. He was able to recognize. She said, wait a minute now. This faith looks familiar. This looks like the same faith that was in your grandmother Lois. This looks like the same faith that was in your mother Eunice. And now Paul realized, here we are, a third generation of great faith that we're seeing. Why? Because of a spiritual foundation that has been laid in the lives of our children. During this time of quarantine, during this time of quarantine and being at home, uh, me having to juggle different things that I'm doing. My wife has been holding it down at the house. Carrie's been doing her packets every week, even though she told the teacher one day she had been doing the packet. I have to text the teacher and say, yes, she has been doing her packets every day. Praise the Lord. I don't know why it is kids now when they get on these Zooms, they want to they wanna tell everything. Praise the Lord. So we have to go back and, to, and rectify some things, let them know that we are doing things, you know, and we are doing things here in decency and in order. Praise the Lord. Amen. But she's been holding it down, going over the packet. And what I love about it, she is teaching Carrie the power of prayer. We have a prayer jar in the hallway that whatever the request, whatever things that we may be in need of, whatever things that we have up before God, we put those things into the jar. And we're believing that God over time, that God is going to manifest himself and that he's going to bring these things to pass. So she realizes the power of prayer that now we get ready to sit down and eat and we can start eating. I mean, I'm halfway into the meal. It's real good. I'm ready for my second stop. And Carrie will stop. She said, wait a minute. We haven't prayed over our food yet. I said, okay, Carrie, listen, honey, let's go ahead. Let's make up for it when we eat dinner tonight. But we're already in the game real quick. Let's go ahead. God will forgive us. We'll make up for prayer after a while. But let's go ahead and finish what we don't know, Daddy. We have to pray for the food right now. And she prays like a Baptist deacon. Praise the Lord. I'm not dissing Baptist deacons. I've been Baptist all my life. But she prays like a Baptist deacon. She takes her time. And, and she makes sure that she's clear as she's talking to God. And I have to nudge her and encourage her. Go ahead and say amen honey go ahead and say hey Carrie go ahead and say amen Carrie go ahead and say amen right here right there and she wants to go ahead and make sure that she finished off her prayer and ended with a hearty amen but I'm so grateful that she's realizing because she will thank God for her family she'll thank God for her food I'm so glad that she realizes at the age of four years old that everything that I have God has provided everything that we experience God has been behind it and I thank God for a Proverbs 31 woman being in the house that can be able to show her and to demonstrate to her the power of prayer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, her daddy is a pastor. Yes, she realized some of those things, but I thank God that when I'm not there, I got somebody that's holding it down, not just making sure everything is good in the house, but setting the spiritual temperature in the house that the swim sisters would know that God is real and besides him, there is no other. Timothy was able to grow in his faith in God because of the spiritual foundation that his mother and his grandmother laid in his life. Let me ask you a question, mothers. What spiritual foundations are you laying in your kids? What spiritual deposits are you making? Will they be able, will they be able when you have closed your eyes on this side and open up your eyes on the other side? Will they be able to say, what, what, will they be able to say, oh my gosh, mama left me a whole bunch of insurance money, but she left you insurance money, but never taught you the responsibility and how to be good stewards of what you have. Or will you be able to say, thank God that mama took care of me even in her death, but I thank God that mama taught me how to call on God. I thank God that mama showed, taught me and showed me who God is. I'm so glad that mama taught me and showed me who the God is of the Bible. Not just in reading words, but in living a life before me. 
let me know who God was. I'm grateful. I'm thankful for a mother. And once again, once again, that when I thought, because ever since I was a little boy, I thought that the only way that you was an effective preacher, if you was, would be able to sweat in your face. I didn't start sweating till about five years ago, praise the Lord. God heard my prayer. Amen. I didn't start sweating till I was preaching about over five, about five years ago. When I was little and playing church down in my basement, I would run to the bathroom and throw water in my face and run right back to my pulpit. But I failed to realize that as I ran back to the pulpit, I dried all the water on my face. So there I am back in the window again, back in the mirror again, throwing water on my face, trying to hoop because I thought you couldn't preach unless you had a good hoop. And I run right back. I run right back to my pulpit and my face will be dry. And one day I get up, I said, oh my God, God, you have heard my prayer. I'm sweating in my face, but it wasn't sweat. Mama had been pacing the floor. Mama had been calling on God. And when we would sleep, Mama would come in there and she'd put some oil on our head and rub our heads down and pull oil on the door and be outside the door praying. Had no idea. Oh my gosh, mama, I'm in this next dimension of sleep and you bother me because you're touching me. But I thank God that mama prayed because those prayers that mama prayed as a child kept me from danger seen and unseen. God honored those prayers and protected me down over the years. Thank God for a mother that knows how to persevere. But thank God for a mother that knows how to pray. So not only should a mother lay a spiritual foundation, but a mother also, a mother also, a mother also knows about sacrifice. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's a curse word in our culture now. She she knows about sacrifice. She she knows the pain of sacrifice. Let me suggest to you that it is not a sacrifice unless you feel it. Come on, come on. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. If it's easy, it may not be a sacrifice, but 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 but, but if you feel it. Let me suggest to you, it may be a sacrifice. In, in the book of Exodus, in the book of Exodus chapter 1, I know, I know this story is famous about looking at the birth of Moses. This story is famous after Pharaoh puts out the decree. He puts out the decree in, in, in Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 through 16. He says, then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, uh, Shepherah and Pua. When you help the Hebrew women... As they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, let her live. And then when you get to chapter 2, the, this decree goes out, and Moses' mother, she, she, she becomes pregnant. She becomes pregnant, and she begins, uh, she, she becomes pregnant, and she realizes that what she is carrying is a boy. Look at it, chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. About this time, a woman, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw, she saw that he was a special baby, and she kept him hidden for three to four months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made up of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. But then she put the baby in, in the basket and laid it, among the, uh, laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. Moses' mother Gets that text message from the midwives about what Pharaoh has decreed. Mm -hmm. That if you have a child, if you have a man child, you got you to get rid of it. He, he's intimidated because he realized if, 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 if more males are produced, they can be able to grow to be strong men and right. take me out. 
of my position and, 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 and ruin my power. So right. he has a plan of how to be able to hold the people captive. And thank God for these midwives, the Bible says, that they fear God more than they fear yeah. Pharaoh. That yeah. when the women gave birth, they did not uh, they did not take the boys out, but they told him, hey, every time these Hebrew women, when they give birth, they are quick, they fast. We can't even catch them as they're coming out. These are the professional women. Right. They know how to do the third thing. They know how to get the job done. And we can and I catch the babies as they're coming out. And the Bible goes on to say that because these midwives, you have to understand here, midwives most of the time, if not all of the time, did not have families on their own. Their job was to be able to deliver and care for other people's kids. Right. But the Bible says that because they feared God and not man, God blessed them to be able to have their own families. And so Moses, 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 Moses is there. Now, Moses' mother, she, she, she's carrying him. She realized, I'm carrying a man child. And the Bible says that she realized that there was something special about him. There was a glow. There was something that she saw within Moses. She had no idea that she was going to give birth to a deliverer. She had no idea that she was going to give birth to a world-class leader. Let me remind you about something, mothers, that even though you're making the sacrifices, I need you every now and then, if not all the time to remind your kids of who they are and what they are going to be. You gotta, you have to prophesy over your children and let them know you are going to be something. You are going to be great. You are not going to be like everybody else in our bloodline. There is something different about you. The hand of God is over your life. You're going to make a difference in this world. Let me go ahead and suggest this and go even a little farther. If you, if you have, if you have an African American son, you have to make sure that you esteem him and you let him know that he is a man of God. You let him know that he is a leader. You build him up so that he's not looking for some cute little girl that may be cute in the face and thinking of ways to come and tell him about himself, but that he has a mother that's been telling him what he would be, that he had a mother and letting them know you don't have to settle with being a basketball player. You don't have to settle being, being a baby daddy, but you can be a husband. You can be a father. You can be a judge. You can be a preacher. You can do great things in life. Prophesy over your kids and let them know that there's greatness in them. Because if you don't see the special in them, who will? Oh, God, I wish I had some help in here this morning. If you cannot acknowledge something special within your children, don't you leave it to the world. Don't you leave it. Don't you leave it to society. Don't you leave it to the schools. Don't you leave it to the community. You, 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 you tell your kids. You esteem them. Speak life over them. You build them up. You let them know you all that and the bag of chips, but still keep them humble. Be humble, praise the Lord. You let them know you're the potato that made the chip, but still stay humble, though. You let them know that there's greatness in them. Yes. Moses' mother makes a sacrifice. We don't, we don't, we don't, we, we, we don't talk about that all the time. We just look at what she did, but think about the pain that she had to go through. I got to release my child because if he stays with me, he could die. If he stays with me, his life could be over. Can you, Moses' mother, she teaches us right here about sacrifice, but she also teaches us about the power in trusting God. She prepares the child. She, she wraps him up. She, she makes sure that the basket that she puts him in is waterproof. Not even realizing that she's, she's speaking 
about his destiny because it's going to be, even though what she's protecting him from the water to come through the basket, that one day God will use him to use water yes. <laughs> to deliver his people. Thank you, God. She puts him in this basket, not knowing where he's going to go. Not knowing how he's going to be cared for. Not knowing of the potential dangers and harms that may be his way. But she realized, I got I to gotta get him out of here because if he stays here, he ain't going to make it. If he stays here, he's literally going to die. If he stays here, it's not going to be good for him. I have to trust God enough yes. that even as an infant to put him in this basket, and believe that God is going to take care of them. Best of mothers I'm talking to today, you know, you know all about sacrifice. You know, you know how putting yourself last. You know about how, you know about putting your children first. They don't even realize the sacrifices behind the scene that you have made. They don't even realize that while you're sleeping, you're up trying to figure out how you're going to make all this work. You're still trying to figure out how you're going to stretch that stimulus check. They don't know all the behind the scenes stuff. The sacrifices that you're making, the things you're going without so that you can be able to get the stuff off your Amazon list. You don't realize the sacrifices that are being made. If you're going to be an effective mother, if you're going to be a good mother, what it takes to be a mother, it means you're going to have to be well acquainted with sacrifice. But because you are a mother, you will make it every time and not even think about it. Because you are a mother that loves your children, you, you, will, you will make the sacrifice over and over and over and over and over again so that they can be able to have the best. Won't even think second about it. Won't, 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 won't even think twice about it. You'll do it because of your love. For them, and let me celebrate you, mothers, for doing it. Let me celebrate. You. I know, I know, I know. You're saying, Pastor, you don't have to do that. Yes, I do. I appreciate you for making the sacrifices that nobody else knows about. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you that when you want to cry, when you want to go off, you just hold everything all together, and you're so prim and proper ready. I celebrate you today for making the necessary sacrifices that you never even get acknowledged for. I thank you on behalf of your children for doing that. So not only, not only does it take, not only does it take a, a, a spiritual foundation and sacrifice to be a good mother, to be an effective mother, to be a successful mother. Oh my gosh, but it takes a strong worth ethic. Oh my goodness, you gotta, it takes a strong worth ethic. I know I'm, I'm about to say something. You might get mad, but don't you, don't you touch that stream. You stay right there. Don't you go to another service. They're gonna send you right back here. Amen. You stay right there. You stay, you stay right there. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. I, I gotta say this. We, 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 need, we need women. We need mothers to be able to teach our daughters how to be able to secure the bag for themselves and not wait for some joker to secure the bag for them. All right. 
I wish I had some help. And I know someone there in Facebook land is clapping right now and saying, preach, pastor, preach. I'm doing the best that I can do. Thank you so much for that acknowledgement. But we need mothers to be able to teach our daughters how to secure the bag for themselves and that you can be, you can be financially independent by the help of God. And not, be, and not be dependent upon some joker that will help you as long as you give him a little sugar. And I'm not talking about kisses either. Proverbs 31, Proverbs 31, 13 through 22, it shares with us, it shares with us the magnificence of a Proverbs 31 woman. Let me read it to you because it's so good. It says this, she finds wool and flax and busily spends it. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before the dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plans the day's work for her servant girls. She goes to the field to, to she goes she goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong and a hard worker. Verse 18. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread. Her fingers twist her, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor, and she opens her arms to the needy. Verse 21, she has no fear of winter for her household. For uh, She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. I love this right here because homegirl here in Proverbs 31, the, uh, Proverbs 31, 13 through 22, she has it going on. Proverbs 31, 13 through 32 speaks to speaks to the mindset and the mood of entrepreneurship this woman has it going on she is working for herself I like it in verse 16 it says she goes to inspects a field and buy it she's going to inspect the field to make sure that, it, that if she's going to invest her money in it that it's going to be profitable not just for her but for her household let me give it up to the home girls right now that you've been holding it down you've been doing what you had to do you working your job you're making masks, you're putting on lashes, you're doing hair, you're doing whatever it is you have to do to make sure that your family has everything that it needs. We need to raise a culture of young women who are not afraid of hard work that will realize that if I have to stay up late at night to finish in the books to make sure I walk the stage, if I have to stay up late at night to make sure I get this business plan together, I'm willing to make the sacrifices necessary so that me and my can be able to live off the profits of what God has allowed us to be able to experience. We need to raise a culture of hardworking women. And I'm so glad to know that I am speaking to a nation of women right now that you know about hard work. You're not afraid of hard work. You're not waiting for some man to come alongside of you and help you do better. You said, as long as I got God on my side, we gonna make it until he sends Mr. Right here in my life. And when God sends him, he's gonna come everything that we got going on. It won't be the thing that when he shows up, I'm waiting on him to get a house. I got my own house by myself. I'm not waiting for him to have a car. I got my own car by myself. I'm not waiting for him to join his account with my, I've been securing the bank and my account looks lovely. And then when God brings him on the scene, he will compliment what I already got 
going on. Thank God for hardworking mothers. Thank God for mothers that have been holding down and doing what they had to do with no excuses. They get tired sometimes. They get weary sometimes. But they realize that the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing, what I'm doing, is to make sure that my family is not without anything. Thank God for mothers that have a strong work ethic. They would do what they need to do to get the job done. They're not afraid to get their hands dirty. No job is too big. No job is too tough. No job is too small for them to be able to do. What does it take to be a mother? So much more than just these three things that I've shared with you today. That's just a start. But ultimately, what it takes to be a mother, it takes a strong relationship with God. Yes, yes, that's it. Strong. Not some fly-by-night relationship, not some sometime relationship, but a consistent relationship yes. with God. That when stuff gets hard, you know who to talk to. When, when, when things get crazy and out of control, you know, you know who to invite into your circumstance. What it takes to be a mother is laying a spiritual foundation in the life of your children. So that when you close your eyes on this side and open your eyes on the other side, That as they close the casket or, 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 or put you down on the ground, they won't lose it all. They'll be hurt. They'll be distraught. But they can be able to lean on the God that yes. mama introduced them to. Yes. Have you laid a foundation in your children's life that when you're not there, when they, when they go off to college, when they get married, that when they can't get to you, they know how to call Jesus? That when you call back, you say, hey, I saw you call. Oh, never mind. Me and God worked it out. <laughs> God already stepped in, mommy. He already took care of it. Oh, praise God. Let me go ahead and put my money back in my book. Lying a spiritual foundation. Not just giving them the letters in a book, but living a life before them. Take sacrifice. It takes sacrifice. It takes, it takes sacrifice. Parenting in general takes sacrifice. 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 You, 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 you saw a good sale. Oh my gosh. Your Amazon list is great, but you can't do it because they need something. Sacrifice. 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 You feel it. You had your stimulus check planned out what you was going to do. We're saving up. We're going on vacation, a vacation. Amen. 2021. And they, they need braces. Oh, Lord. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Sacrifice. Putting them before yourself. Their needs before your wants. Their needs before your needs. Mm. What does it take to be a mother? It's like a strong work ethic. Strong work ethic. 
I think my mother's been working since she's about 15, 12, 15, something like that. Never complained. She did what she had to do. Never saw her complain. She come home from work happy and excited. I don't know what may have gone on the work, but she came home excited. Never complained. Did what she had to do to make sure her household was taken care of. It takes that and so much more to be a mother. Let me pray. Let me pray. Let me, I want to pray for every mother right now. I want to pray two things. I want to pray to encourage you. But I want to pray for mothers that Today is a horrible day for you because your mother is no longer here on earth. I told you earlier, I thank God that I was able to call my mother this morning and tell her happy Mother's Day and hear her voice. I'm grateful that I was able to send a gift in the mail and she got it. And let me, let, let me help you. I think sometimes we, we over-spiritualize grief and we're, we're so insensitive to people when they, oh, your mother's been gone 20 years. Why are you still struggling? Well, the reason why I'm still tr struggling after 20 years is because I like my mom. You didn't like yours. We had a relationship. So because she's no longer here, it's the avoid in my life. You're cool with it. I'm not. I'm still adjusting to it. Still adjusting to it. So excuse me if my grief extends your time period. But thank God you're not God. Let me tell you. If today, if you want to lay in your bed and pull the covers over your head. If today you want to pull the curtains and just not see anybody, turn your phone off, not deal with nobody. Let me help you. It's okay to have a bad day. It's all right. It's all right to have a bad day. But let me also tell you this. It's not the will of God for you to stay and to live in that bad day forever. If you are a mother and you've lost your mother, don't allow this day To go by and you refuse to allow people to celebrate you. You are worthy of the celebration because if it had not been for your mother, you wouldn't be the mother that you are right now. Let, let me talk to those you're saying, Pastor, I, I, you all, that's all cool in the game what you're saying, but my mother was not a good mother. She wasn't there. One of the greatest things she could ever do for you was to give you life. And thank God, along the way, yes. he provided other mom figures to be in your life right. to give you wisdom to assist you to, to walk with you thank God for them they might not have given you birth but they loved you as if they were your own let me pray for you this morning Father in the name of Jesus I thank you for every mother I, I, I pray for strength I pray for courage right now for every mother
I pray right now, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you, that you will give them the wisdom that they need to be able to be not just successful mothers, not just effective mothers, but godly mothers. Give them the wisdom and the insight that they need to do it, God. They can't do it without you. Strengthen their relationships. Strengthen their walk with you, Father. Children may be getting on their nerves right now because they're at home with them every day. God, you be their peace that they need. Pray for those that are grieving the loss of their mothers, Lord God. You told us that you would never leave us or forsake us, that you would be the mother to the mothers, father to the fathers, Lord God. So we're asking you to be there for them right now. If there are broken relationships, Lord God, Mend it as much as possible. Bring reconciliation, bring forgiveness. I pray that there will be a bold mother that realized they didn't do what they were supposed to do. They will be willing to go and apologize to their children, their child, their son, their daughter. But I also pray that that child won't hold that mother hostage, that they're having to apologize all the time. Pray for those that are grieving right now, God. You are the God of all comfort. Yes. You're the God of all comfort. You're the God of all comfort. You're the God of all comfort. Comfort them this day. Wrap your arms around them, Lord. Encourage their hearts today. God, thank you for every. Big mama, every nana, every Gigi, every grandmother that have stepped in and stepped up. Every stepmother that have stepped in and stepped up. Every auntie, TT, godmother that, that have stepped in and stepped up. Yes, thank you, God. We thank you for their sacrifices. They, they've made sacrifices. They, they've laid spiritual foundations. They, they've demonstrated a strong worth ethic, Lord, Lord God, for some children that are not even theirs biologically. Thank you, Father, for them. Strengthen now, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.